Do you want to be my friend? That's what I feel God's asking us today. And uh, it's been a subject we've been looking at with the youth for, for a little while. And um, I wanted to make it available for you guys to, today. Is this my clicker thing? It's interesting that we can be in such awe, but yet he wants to be our friend. It, it blows my mind to think about it. You've got a Facebook friend request from Jesus. Do you want to be my friend? I was really challenged by the song that, that uh, we sometimes sing, I am a friend of God. And I was thinking about it, and I thinking, yeah, I'm a, friend, I'm a friend of God. He has called me friend. I don't treat him like a friend. I love him. I would give my life for him. But that's... There's something missing in my own experience. Have, have I really enjoyed the aspect of him being my friend? I realized that while I was doing this series with the young people, I was very confident at talking about him, but wasn't so good at talking to him. I would pray my prayers when, it was, when there was something particularly I wanted to pray, pray about, but I didn't spill my guts to God. I didn't just, this is what it's like. I've talked to other people, I've spilt my guts to other people, but how am I doing that to God? How am I exploring that relationship? What I'm going to talk about today is not the salvation message, or if I have to do this, otherwise I'm not going to heaven, or we don't really talk in those terms, but this, this isn't about am, am I in or am I out? This is about enjoying the fullness of what God's, God's got on offer for us. I believe we're going to miss out on something if we don't understand and live in this aspect of our nature of relationship with God. And I don't want you to turn down that that opportunity because he's asking you today, do you want to be my friend? So I was having to think, so what's a friend? I've got some, some different quotes here from different people. It's not the lack of love, but the lack of friendship that makes unhappy marriages. As C.S. Lewis says, friendship is unnecessary like philosophy, like art. It has no survival value. Rather, it is one of those things which gives value to survival. A friend is someone who knows all about you and still loves you. And a couple of my own. Someone who I can let into my deepest vulnerabilities and feel safer for it. A friend is someone who will lay down their life in order to help me lay down mine. There is an honesty that we have with a friend. And I want that more with Jesus. I want to be able to be open. I want to to have a knowledge of him. But currently, there's some limitations with my relationship with God. We had a, um, a time when we were looking at the fact that God has a personality and wanting to enjoy um, his personality and let him, let him know what we know about him. And so we had the Friday night where all we did was just worship God for being God. We didn't use the time to ask him for anything. We didn't even make the time of of praise to him about what he's done for us. It was just about God and his personality. And um, the following Friday, we spent some time reviewing, was was it a success? 
And so some of the, the answers that we had, yeah, I really got this from it, or this was exciting, or I hadn't seen this before and I got it. And um, we thought, well, to be honest, that's not, that wasn't the purpose. So to regard that as was it successful or not successful, we've just talked about what we got from it when the purpose of it was about shipping worth to God. And um, it would almost be like going to someone's birthday party expecting a present from the birthday boy. And uh, that's one of the, the problems that I find sometimes. I, I get a little bit muddled up. I, I lack the friendship aspect of God because I'm thinking, all right, oh, that's really good. What did I get from him? What, what, what's he got for me? I'd much like, rather be like Bill's character who's giving the very best that he's got to God and enjoying God enjoying it. Or, or even um, Jeremy's character with making him his favorite fruit conserve. Um, but to be honest, that's sometimes where I'm at. We, we talked about the fact that it, we almost make God out to be a bit of a vending machine in this setting. I, and we think about interacting in, 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 this, in this such way. Um, so how, how do we treat God like a vending machine? So I don't think or I forget that he has feelings. I put money in, I press my buttons, and I expect to receive what I want. So if I'm expecting forgiveness, I ask for forgiveness, I'm expecting now to feel forgiven. Um, I've sung a song, I expect to feel, feel God's presence from it. It's, it's just an, an exchange rather than it's a, a friendship. I don't consider what he might, that he might want something. My only thought is about what I wanted from him. I don't think he's going anywhere. He's always where I last left him, like any vending machine. If he doesn't do what I expect, I assume that he's broken. I asked him for something, but I didn't get, get it. Now, there's a lot of things that we will find ourselves thinking in nature of God that would be here. And you think, well, it's, it's a friend. He's a friend. He's not a vending machine. He's not just a machine that's sitting there in the corner waiting for me to come and, come and get from him. God wants to be more to us than these following three things, than someone we do stuff for. So you've got the story of Mary and Martha, Martha in the kitchen in the top there, feeling very frustrated that Mary's sitting by Jesus and just talking and being a friend while she's getting all the jobs done. Or you've got the uh, older brother in the story of the prodigal son. Well, I was here the whole time. God doesn't want to be like that. God doesn't want our hateful obedience or a loveless marriage. He wants a friendship. God wants to be more to us than a historical figure that we talk about as if he's not in the room. How often do we do that? How often are we standing around talking, oh, this about God or that about God, and we forget that he's here with us. He wants that level of closeness. And he wants to be more to us than a machine that we interact with for what it produces. What does he want to be? He wants to be a friend. Dave Mansell, a guy that uh, dad's, dad knew for a long time back, was speaking to us uh, on a weekend away, just a small group of us that went away. And he said one morning he woke up with such a powerful sense of God's presence in his bedroom. And he sat up and he said, Yes, God, what, what do you want me to do? 
And that was the response that he got. Nothing. I just want to be with you. Wow. Wow. I just want to be with you. That, I mean, all the guys that were there just blew our minds. We were just, yeah, just trying to get our head around that. This is the guy that flung the stars in the skies, that pulled the mountains up, that flooded the seas. I just want to be with you. Rachel Turner was talking about um, her first experience of chatting with God. And uh, she had been bullied by some of her friends or her friends had turned their backs on her. And she felt so low and so upset that she just blurted out, I'm so angry. And then she felt God say back to her, tell me more. God wants that closeness. He wants us to be able to spill our guts to him. He wants us to be able to, to open up our vulnerability. There's been times where I've had a lot of things in my mind of all the things that I want to change in myself and all the things that, that need to be better. And there's been times where God's just kind of stopped me, arrested me in that moment. He said, just, just enjoy being enjoyed. I'm enjoying you. Enjoy that. We've talked about in the, in the youth that God has a personality. Love. His love has melted my soul. My heart, sorry. Um, sense of humor. I love talking about God's sense of humor because the Bible, to be honest, it doesn't come up very clearly. But if we looked at the story of, of Balaam and the donkey, it was absolutely hilarious. Just imagine a grown man standing in the middle of a field having a fairly logical argument with a donkey. A donkey saying, look, am I not your donkey? How, am I in the habit of doing this to you? It's just funny. God, God appeared through an angel that only the donkey could see. Why? Why didn't he just appear to Balaam? Because I think God was having fun. I think God enjoyed it. I get one day, ask Michael about his theory about God having a sense of humor when it comes to farting. Um, God gets jealous, and his jealousy is incredible. His righteousness. We, we're trying to look at this. Um, there's, a, there's another Bruce Almighty clip. Most of my teachings have a Bruce Almighty element to it. But there's a point where um, God's playing with, with Bruce, and Bruce is saying, how many fingers am I holding up? And he's changing the fingers behind his back. So he, he, has, he has his seven like this, and then he closes two off. You think, oh, I've tricked him. And God says, seven. Ha-ha! He picks his hand, and he's got two more fingers on it. <laughs> but God is righteous. God is the definition of right. So he's never wrong, even if he has, it seems like he changes the rules to be right. He's always right. Furious, forgiving, upset. God can be heartbroken, wise. If you've not experienced for yourself some of these aspects of God, he wants to show you today. You know what? I've never known you to have a sense of humor. I've never known you to be furious. I want to know what that's like. I want to feel that about you. God wants to be friends with us, and he's done everything that he needs to to open the door of friendship for me. I'm going to watch this little video, which makes me think of little cute New Zealand kids and what Caleb's going to be like one day, hopefully. Have you ever wondered what we might see if we could pull back the curtain of time to that very first Christmas? If we could, 
I imagine the story began in heaven, something like this. God was looking over heaven's balcony one day, shaking his head at all the wrong things people were doing down on earth. Oh man, this isn't quite what I had in mind when I created Earth. I feel so far away from my kids down there. Why? It's just hard to be friends with people when you don't like what they're doing. I think it's time. Time for what, Lord? Time for us to step in. Shall we raise the army, Lord? Make sure we listen? No, I don't think we should send an army. Maybe just one person. What person? Brilliant! They won't be expecting that. Lord, we're sending just one person. Love to be someone very powerful and very strong. Because there's tons of people down there. No, they don't have to be strong. They'll be going as a newborn baby. A newborn baby? Brilliant! They won't be expecting that. Lord, this plan is rather risky. A newborn human baby is small and weak. This baby must be born to people who will protect him. Maybe a great ruler or mighty king? Actually, I was thinking I could send him to a young peasant girl whose heart is beautiful and full of courage. to take Earth by surprise. No one will be expecting a newborn baby born to a humble villager. But what good can a baby do? This will not just be any baby. I'm sending in the Prince of Heaven in disguise. The Prince of Heaven? Our Prince? Your son? Lord, this is too risky. Sending the Prince in disguise is a time kings but to humble villagers surely our prince cannot be born in a cottage he must be born in a palace you're right he shouldn't be born in a cottage you he'll be born in a stable Those who are lucky will find him, and his mission will bring all people closer to me, even if they do something really wrong. When the prince is done, nothing will get between them and my love. Can we leave some clues for the people looking? Like in the stars? Clues in the stars? Sure, why not? We can make one huge one that points to him. Can we sing for him? Yes, can we sing? God looked at their hopeful faces, and his heart was touched by their love for the fence. All right, you can sing. Yay! But not in front of the whole world. That would just be weird. And no kings or rulers. How about we sing for some shepherds? That's a lonely job. Those blokes could do with some cheering up. Brilliant. They won't be expecting that. You know the rest of the story. An angel visited humble girl with a courageous heart and told her the good news. She will have a baby and he will be the prince of heaven who would help Earth to be close to God again. As planned, the baby was born in a stable about as far from a palace as you can get. 
A group of wise men notice some strange clues in the stars. They packed their balloons and followed the star right to a baby. And of course, a bunch of lonely shepherds were guiding their sheep when all of a sudden the sky was lit up by a thousand of angels singing. Nobody would ever expect that. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. God's done everything needed to extend that hand of friendship towards us. There's nothing possible that can block us from that. Children of the world, I want to get close to you. Oh, children of the world, I want to get close to you. Shabbat. Children of the world, I want to get close to you. That is the cry of God's heart towards us. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, not counting people's sins against them. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. It's always God's intention to extend that hand of friendship towards us. So how do I do that? How do I respond to that call of God? Well, it's pretty simple comes in the word of obedience. That same verse where talk, uh, that same uh, section in the Bible where God talks about being our friend, he says, and you are my friends if you obey me. Now, that's where it comes a little bit different to the friendships that we would know with other humans on earth. But there is a difference because he is God. He's always right. To obey is to better than to sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. That's God's attitude. He wants us to obey, to give ourselves to what he wants us to do. So how, how do we do that? Well, there's some, some uh, somewhere re- Lucy had read about um, we make God comfortable. And I just want to illustrate that for you. Let's, let's have um, Owen, come, come, come here. You, you come be God for me. So, Owen is my friend, as my God, as my saviour. I can choose in my life to, to make him comfortable. So, God, come, come, come lay down here. I'm, I'm choosing to, to give you something here. This is a gift for you. Yeah? This, oh, watch your phone, God. <laughs> this is my choice to forgive. When someone's wronged me, I choose to make God comfortable by forgiving. I choose to make God comfortable because I'm choosing to serve someone else even when I'm tired. I choose to make God comfortable when I tell someone something that they might not like to hear, but I tell them for their own good. I'm make you more comfortable there, God. Because I love you and I care for you. I want, I want good things for you. Okay. God, I really don't feel in the mood to, to praise your name today, but I'm going to do it because I know that makes you comfortable. 
And I'm going to choose to realize that there's nothing I can do to get to you. You've done everything. And I'm not going to try, so I'm going to give that to, give that to you. I'm going to make you comfortable, God. And I'm just going to just... You know what? I feel a little bit uncomfortable down here. Just, just going to grab this. Uh, that person said some pretty nice, nasty things to me, so you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to hold that. I'm going to hold on to that. I'm not going to let them do that again. And you know what? I'm a bit tired, so these people that have done all these things, I've served a lot of people recently, so I'm not going to bother serving anymore. And you know what? Just this one praise and worship time. I think I'm going to sit down and look after myself. Never done that for myself. Um, you know what, God? There's some things that, that I've done which I think did actually earn me your approval. So I'm just going to grab that there. And now I'm down here. I can't remember my notes and what the other cushion was. <laughs> Whatever it was. You get the idea, yeah? And in the end, this is what disobedience looks like. My effort to make myself more comfortable than than putting God first. Thank you very much, God. Great job. It's, It's not rocket science. It's often in all those small things. That's where friendship develops with God, where I choose to give him presence instead of coming and trying to sort myself out, trying to find comfort for myself. So it's even at my own expense. So he's laid down his life for me. And he says in John 15, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. He's already done his side of that. He's shown me. He laid down his life for me. So the rest of my life, is about learning to lay down my life for him. So why don't I always obey him? It's ultimately because I don't trust him. I don't trust that he wants what is good for me. I don't trust that he's even able to produce what I want. I think I can get a better deal. It seems absolutely bizarre, doesn't it, to try and work out a worse deal for yourself in a car showroom. But ultimately, that's what's going on when we're trying to negotiate with God, when we're trying to look after ourselves, make ourselves more comfortable. We're actually doing a worse deal for ourselves. I was talking to, to someone the other day, and they are saying, I just don't feel I can, I can really obey God by forgiving this person. And I said, well, just like that, just like Jeremy's character... You're doing yourself a worse deal. You're asking to live in bitterness. You're asking to disconnect from what God's got for you. You're asking to hold that person in prison. It seems nicer, but it's an illusion. It's not the truth. Do you want to be my friend? So that's the question today. How are you going to respond to the hand of friendship God is extending you today. Now, you might have a number of different thoughts coming to your head, and here's, here's some that, that I've had at points or I've thought about. I don't think I can make the changes needed 
in order to be a friend. It just all seems too much. I don't think I want to make the changes. I don't even know where to begin. To be honest, I don't think he's been a friend to me. I think he's let me down. I think he's shortchanged me. I don't deserve his friendship. Having all the things that I've done, I don't deserve it. What I want to do, I want to give you guys the opportunity to ask God, what would he say to you if those are the thoughts that you have in your head? So we're going to do some chatting and catching right now, and then I'm going to ask Rosie to come and and, uh, sing a song for us, which will hopefully um, help communicate some of God's response to that. So what I want you to do, close your eyes. And if you find that you've got some of those hesitations, you've been hearing me talk and maybe you're thinking, you know what, I've not had that experience that God wants to be a friend. I don't think he does want to be a friend. I I think he's been a pretty poor, poor excuse for a friend at times. If that's it, tell God that. Right now, tell God that. If you feel unworthy, that you don't deserve his friendship, explain that to him. If you feel like you don't know where to begin or you can't make those changes that you need to, just explain that to him now. Now, just in your mind's eye, I want you to to draw a picture of what you imagine friendship with him would look like and show it to him, just like a, a child would draw a picture and show it to their parents. I want you to draw a picture in your mind. What would you imagine friendship to look like with God? And then turn that paper around so that you're presenting it to him. Okay, Rosie's going to come up and share this song with us. So hopefully some of the things in this song will help you with those questions and those thoughts that might be in your mind. Let your faith of 
lift up your weary head, I am with you, wherever you go, come to to the left, keep your eyes on me, I will not be shaken, you will not be moved, oh, I'm the hand to hold on the way to the end, just come to me, come to me, cause I'm all that you need. That's God's attitude to us. Come to me, I'm all that you need. So when we're feeling insufficient to be his friend, to have that true relationship with him, he's saying, I got what you need. I can enable you to to have that friendship, to be part of that. I've designed that for you. It's Mother's Day today. When I was younger, I didn't have an income. So if I wanted to give anything to mum, she'd actually have to give me the money to be able to get her anything. But that's what it's like in God. I've not got what it takes to be his friend. But if I come to him, he will give me all that I need. So this is what's on offer today. God is speaking to you, the same God that is in these verses. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to his friend. Same God of Moses that you know. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings becoming like him in his death. I want to know Christ, yes, 
to know the power of his resurrection. I consider everything loss because the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. God wants to be friends with us. He's done everything necessary for that to be possible. And we accept his friendship by obeying him, by recognizing we need him to help us in that. I've not given you any tips necessarily on how to, how to really experiment that relationship with God. It would be a good question to ask each other. How, how do you practice it? What do you do? Today I've just wanted to help, help show you that's the question that God's asking you today.